Hello. Hi. Welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, Tell the Golden Girls Podcast. <laughs> hey, I've never <laughs> questioned. Brent is ready, willing, and able at all times. The drop of a hat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I could podcast in the shower if somebody threw a microphone in there. <laughs> Wouldn't you be worried about electrocution? You know, I don't know. Is there a, a probably low enough voltage? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. There's not a strong current going through. Probably it would just short out the microphone, <laughs> right? But but Brent would still be podcasting. Perhaps you should have a microphone installed in your uh, in your shower head. There you go. <laughs> so, there you but, go. Uh, I am Alan, and as you can already hear, joined by Brent Hi. and Ski. Hello. And today we're going to be discussing season three, episode nine, a visit from Little Sven. Uh, we'll be doing our normal forecast with Ski giving a recap, us uh, naming our best lines and our MVPs of the episode, and then rating it out of eight slices of cheesecake as we're working towards that goal of determining Sophia's choice, the, the best episode of the entire series. We shall see. So so when you're in the shower, do you use a poof ball and some body wash, or are you a bar of soap guy? Or I'm a hand man. Uh, I do use a bar of soap, yeah. or, but I, as far as like, I don't use a washcloth or anything like that. Yeah. I just soap up my hands and rub my body. So. <laughs> like you soap up your hands with like a with soap like I, a bar of soap or yeah okay well so you lather up your hands and then transfer the lather from your hands to your body mm-hmm. you yeah. don't rub the bar of soap on your body no i don't typically rub the bar of soap on my body so i mean so it takes a couple lathers but yeah i typically just use my hands <laughs> it's so odd i've never heard of somebody doing that i don't know i guess it's just something where i don't want to put a bar of soap in my butt crack even if it's getting clean when it's done and <laughs> slide it like a credit card down your right. head. <laughs> goes in white comes out brown i hope that i'm not in a situation slip and slide the whole way down I, I try when i go to the bathroom to keep things you know pretty uh tidy yeah tidy down yeah. there so i hope that i'm never <laughs> in such a bad shape that a white bar Stain of soap would turn t- brown <laughs> so. But, uh, but no, yeah, that's typically how I do it. You know, I lather up, and that usually covers, you know, gets me halfway through the job, one more lather, and I'm the rest of the way done. <laughs> <So> <laughs> how about so. you? Uh, actually, uh. now that you bring it up, uh, we've got one of those, uh, like, it was actually initially like a hand pump, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. For, like, the foaming hand wash. Okay. And I transferred that to do our body wash, so lately I've been doing the hand thing, too, but it's already pre-foamed. Mm. So you're not yeah. lathering up off a bar like right. I am. Now, yeah. go ahead. I was just going to say, I will mention, it for what it's worth, that I use the extra from the extra foam or whatever for my shampoo to cover my hairy parts. Oh, So okay. any parts that have some hair, you know, that grows there, then I'll, I'll use. I mean, I guess I should be specific. You know, the <laughs> groinal region and the armpits. I don't use it for, like, my arm hair or leg hair. Not that I'm a particularly hairy yeah. man anyway. I, yeah. You know, but. Uh, I I'm myself, I'm, I'm like a seal. So yeah. I just. <laughs> <laughs> got that swarthy Italian <laughs> blood. <laughs> now, Nicole actually has like this. Uh, it's not a poof. It's it's some kind of like hybrid. Like it's almost like a strip thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess it just dries a lot better. I guess they've talked about uh, like bacteria growing in poofs. Mm-hmm. This is like antibacterial. And like yeah. I'll use that for like yeah. exfoliating and scrubbing or something. Oh, okay. Especially yeah. if I'm real filthy. Mm. Yeah. Which is most of the time, Most right? of the time, But, yeah. I mean, that's only once a month, so. But, you know, yeah, my monthly shower. <laughs> right. Whether you need it or not. Yeah. So, so uh, do we have any other bathing needs that need to be addressed? <laughs> I don't know. It's just something we not discussed, and I don't know if there's enough content in the episode to <laughs> now we fill feel up the closer. full two hours. So. I, I think, you know, we should definitely be aiming for an hour. Like, that should be the goal. <laughs> okay. Not that it's bad. If it gets two hours and there's got to be some good stuff in there, if it's a shitty two-hour episode, then I feel bad. I feel bad about 
<laughs> if, if we stretch it out that long and we haven't dropped you know some pretty good segments out of that uh-huh. then i feel disappointed in us but like, i still remember think the first hour we talked about soap <laughs> right that was good <laughs> but i feel like we should be able to do an hour with still some golden moments in there yeah. um or at least closer to that yeah because yeah, i introduced a new person to the podcast today um, who was that it was a uh, travis who's a father of one of gwen's friends okay and, gotcha. and he's a good guy I like him and his wife dana and um, I had mentioned that I was picking her up. She had hang, was hanging out there. Uh-huh. And I was like, I need to get back home because uh-huh. you know, I'm doing a podcast. And, you know, got to talking about it. Uh-huh. And he was looking. He's like, oh, this one's like two hours and 12 minutes. Oh, this one in November is two hours and 20 minutes. And I was like, yeah, sometimes we get a little long-winded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and most of our episodes are about 50% Golden Girls, 50% us. Yeah. And the longer it is, the higher that percentage is us. And yeah. the lower it is for Golden Girls. But Very true. usually those are those episodes... They may be a slog through parts of it, I'm sure, yeah. but that has some of our best material in it as well, so, <laughs> in my opinion. Very nice. Well, welcome, Travis, and yeah. my apologies to Dana if he picks up any bad habits. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did warn him. Travis and Dana both are right-leaning centrists, they say. Okay. Um, I did say that we do have a little blue-leaning humor um, uh-huh. in some of our episodes, especially the ones that we were recording around election time, uh-huh. but that we have uh, tried to tone down any political talk mm-hmm. in, in a general sense and now thankfully We're, the political landscape is a bit more boring so there's just not as exactly. much to talk about I'm anyway way okay we can, with that. Mm-hmm. we're allowed to tone down the political talk because we won motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> way to ramp it up <laughs> yeah. you know I like to <laughs> win with humility uh, <laughs> But, you know, I, 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 I'm totally okay with <laughs> you expressing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but here we are. We're recording this in mid-March. It'll probably go live sometime in April. Yeah. Um, and uh, now we're still <laughs> gloating about victory. Maybe a little bit uh, <laughs> past its prime. <laughs> I'll okay. say that much. Fair but enough. anyways. Uh, did we have any viewer mail? Uh, we had a couple comments from Sherry. Um, oh, nice. She had commented on some of the episodes, uh, a couple of recent episodes we did. Yes. All negative, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, I figured <laughs> I was... Unsubscribe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to try to sit silently for a moment so I could cut it out um, easily later on as I fumble. Not all of it, but just uh, yeah. the uh, this part of me trying to look for the comments, which I should have had yeah. pulled up. So, yeah. I'm probably going to be cutting... All of this part up until I get to the point where I finally have the fucking comments up again. Do you want me to fill time with words? With words? Yeah. Uh, if you have words that are worth that you wanted to say, by all means. Sure. Um, so, as you guys may have heard, um, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and start my own solo podcast. Mm. So, um, <laughs> Is it a do- competing Golden Girl <laughs> podcast? <laughs> it is. Um, no, it's not. Britain's Choice. Yeah. Um, so my new podcast is going to be called... Uh, uh, pick me instead. <laughs> and so basically each week I will, uh, you know, at whichever podcast pick me has listened to and just make a better argument as to why they should pick me instead. Very nice. <laughs> so, so your goal now with your new podcast is only to take down one of the yes. few outside sources. That... Because he snubbed us. Uh, we extended an invitation and it, he though. did I not never... come back. I didn't reach out to him directly, so I guess you could say he snubbed us in as much as that when we mentioned it on the podcast, he did not reach out to us a second time, (laughs) but 
Now, in fairness, he never actually reached out to me directly at all, although yeah. he did like follow us on Twitter and whatnot. But yeah. um, I, I look forward to listening <laughs> to your to your new episodes. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but I had that idea when I was <laughs> driving to Kroger. It's a good today. name, though. Good name. Like, That's the greatest <laughs> idea ever. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be weird though? Like I'm gonna just shit on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like, it would be, like, Sophia's better choice. <laughs> You're like, wow. Well, now you just gave him an idea. <laughs> right? <laughs> so now, now we have some more competition we'll have to look out for. But um, I tell you what, if you're a fan of podcast beefs, you turned into the right episode. <laughs> so I was like, oh, man, that would be a good podcast. Podcast beef, and it would just be us taking shots at other podcasts. <laughs> trying to Oblivious create... that we exist. Yeah, be like, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Conan O'Brien needs to learn how to podcast. Am I right, guys? <laughs> you know, and uh, I don't know. I wish I would have had a much better joke there, but <laughs> it was not not loaded up and ready to go. Anyway, these couple comments that Sherry's left recently in relation to some of our recent episodes that have posted, uh, she said, uh, "How many loins would a pork loin loin if a pork loin could pork loin?" <laughs> a question for the ages. Yeah. <laughs> and then she also said, uh, there's a lot of evidence of ski wearing tank tops for it just to be a handful of times. Uh, the picture from the family dinner is a classic. It's been a mood booster for the ages. Yeah, because ski tried Maybe to, for some. Yeah, <laughs> not so much for others. But yeah, in, our la- in that episode that she's referring to, Ski acted like, oh, tank tops are a rarity. And yet we seem- there seems to be a dozen pictures of Ski in tank tops and almost none in him without. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, when I got married, he was wearing a tank top. I was like, what happened to the tux? And he's like, sorry, bro, sun's out, guns out. Shouldn't have had your marriage in June. <laughs> but anyways. Hey, I was way in better shape back then, though. Yeah, well, hey, listen. <laughs> We needed to have something for the uh, the attendees to. Uh, what you don't realize is the uh, shirt was part of the tux. Oh, was I it? transformed it into a tank top. I like. It was a pricey, you know, repair bill afterwards, but it was worth it to me. I wonder what men's warehouse would think when you return <laughs> their customized. What is this, sir? Yeah. This is the tux I rented. <laughs> so. Oh, here are the sleeves. <laughs> Feel free to you have know, your. You're gonna want those back. Yeah. Well, or maybe you won't because I just made it better. That's right. Yeah. So. You can pay me. <laughs> right. Here's my tailoring bill for the customization work I did. I was a lifeguard one summer. Um, and I say that just to preface this next little bit. My sister came across a tank top. Um, we were at my dad's house. And she's like, oh, I found your lifeguard uniform. <laughs> and, you know, I had the lifeguard logo. But then down below that in smaller print, it said Panama City Beach. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I never had an official uniform when I was a lifeguard, nor did I ever, you know, perform my service in Panama City Beach. So I think that's just an old souvenir. Uh, I like the idea that you were you were lifeguarding all around the country. <laughs> exactly. And yet nobody thanks me for my service. Right. <laughs> I like the idea world. that maybe he was doing it like, uh, free range, yeah. like, like <laughs> just going and setting up shop on a beach to watch over people. Exactly, you know, <laughs> like, like just me and my lawn chair parked next to a retention pond. Right, no, <laughs> I, hey, no running there, son. <laughs> like so, the entire summer um, that I was a lifeguard, like the closest thing I came to like lifeguard duties uh, was first aid, um, and I applied a band aid, like uh-huh. a little bit of ointment and a band aid. Um, one of the kids at the pool had put his cigarette out on another kid's back. <laughs> and so I, um, you know, patched up the 
the younger kid. Now, did kind the uh, dick move right there? Yeah. Did the kid yeah. who put the cigarette out? Did he get kicked out, or you're like, hey, now this is your first warning? <laughs> I think they're fucking parents. <laughs> like nowhere on this sign does it say like, don't put your cigarette out on another kid's back. Who am I to police their activities? Yeah. <laughs> I was the most libertarian lifeguard ever. <laughs> like, if you wanted to be a rule, you better put it in writing. Exactly. Don't expect exactly. old friends. And then also, worse. do you really want to piss off have... the kid that's putting out cigarettes on? Yeah, I know. He had a switchblade in his butt crack. I was paid to enforce eight bullet points, and that was not one of them. <laughs> you, you want me to start interpreting? You better be bumping up that minimum wage. Exactly. Exactly. I'm getting 75 cents a bullet point per hour. Right. Better than having to reinforce bullet shells. Am I right? That's yeah. right. Oh, well, yeah. Brent really, I'm sure, lifeguarded in the mean streets of Franklin, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> so, a, lot of, a lot of hard time gang activity right, going yeah. on at those pools. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, so, all right, so yeah, I think uh, we're we're ready for a yep. visit from Little Sven. Gotcha, gotcha. And that's the episode, not yeah. your Little Sven. Yeah, please. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, maybe maybe both later, huh? Yeah. Well, we're ready for the one now, the episode now. And we'll see how things go. Exactly. <laughs> so fair ready. enough. Fair enough. The gravy boats in the dishwasher. So give us yeah. another forty-five minutes. What did you say? The gravy boats in the oh. dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> Need another forty-five minutes. I like it. <laughs> a good callback there. Yeah. Uh, season three, episode nine. A visit from Little Sven. Uh, original air date was November twenty first, nineteen eighty seven, which is one day after my dad's birthday. Oh, very nice. Uh, this one was written by David Nichols and directed by our friend Terry Hughes. Hey. Yep. Yeah, Terry good Hughes, good close personal friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He was, he was the inspiration of this because he kept hounding us to <laughs> do. You guys gotta do it. <laughs> Come on. I've heard other ones out there, but they aren't going to have the same panache that you three have. Not the same love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That joie de vie. What is it? Joie de vie. Joie de vie. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. I think, so I think you're in charge of the, or Ski's in charge of the joie de vie. Mm-hmm. You're in charge of the panache. <laughs> I'm in charge of the ennui. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our role to play. Exactly. <laughs> A French role, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So we uh, open up in the living room. Uh, we see Dorothy uh, sitting on the couch uh, reading the paper, and Sophia comes in, tells her that you know she'd like to uh, get her driver's license again. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Dorothy asks why, Sophia tells her that she'll be doing a lot of stunt work in the uh, new upcoming Burt Reynolds movie. Mm-hmm. Thought that was a great line. Uh, she explains though that in reality she was, uh, you know, during a dispute of sorts with a friend at the uh, at the center. Uh, regarding which of them is a natural redhead, mm-hmm. which at this p- point in their life, they can, neither of them can prove. Uh, she pulled out her old license and uh, saw, you know, that was expired probably for several years, is my guess, and said it made her uh, feel old and that she wants to learn how to drive again. All right. It seems reasonable. I now, didn't think it was all that bad, yeah. You figure, though, she spent most of her life in New York, which, now granted, I mean, once you get into the outer boroughs and whatever, certainly cars are more more common. But cars are really not a primary source of transportation there for most people. Yeah, a lot of people do the subway. and Right, I mean, they just have a very robust public uh, transportation. So you can really live your whole life in New York and never need to learn how to drive. Or even if you do, you know, be able to go years between using that skill. So, Well, and then to that end, Dorothy uh, argues that her mom has not driven in uh, many years at this point. And, uh, you know, points out a few things about her age that are kind of affecting her ability to drive safely. Right. Uh, Sophia continues to uh, play with her daughter, and eventually Dorothy agrees, uh, but does say that if anything bad happens, 
uh, they're going to have to drop it and not try anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Sophia happily states that uh, driving is like sex, which, okay. Uh, in both cases, a mirror makes objects appear larger than they are. Right. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. Do you guys ever have mirror sex? Oh, I mean, <laughs> I, I like to see what's going on down there. So, yeah, I usually have some mirrors set up so that I can, you know, make sure that everything's, you know, going appropriately. Several angles available. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or a lot of people do actually have the mirror of both their bed, I guess. Do they? Yeah. I, I don't think. I mean, yeah, I guess there I'd are people. I'd say many, I guess. Is, I, I don't know. <laughs> seems like it would just be a I've lot easier that. to have mirrors beside your bed and then mm-hmm. position your bodies in a way <laughs> <laughs> that you could see what you wanted to well, see. Well, I think it's like a kink thing. It's people yeah. like yeah. to have a mirror above their bed. Yeah. Yeah. We um, stayed at a hotel when I, oh, I'm sorry, giving it too much credit, motel. <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, we went to Washington, D.C., um, the summer between my third and fourth grade or fourth and third and fourth grade um, years and there were mirrors above the bed mm. there and the magic fingers oh, on the wow. stand. Oh, very so, nice. Classy. Yeah. Was in, that the uh, fan of suites? Why my mom was so <laughs> skeeved out by the... <laughs> well, it was like the manager suite. Oh. <laughs> Did you guys bring your own sheets to avoid bug no. beds or bed bugs? And I think the reason why it was the manager suite is because it was the only room with two beds. Oh, okay. And, you know, if you got two adults, two kids, you need two beds. Every other room there had just a single bed. It seems really odd that they would have the... Uh, I don't know, the sensual items in the room that has two beds. I mean, what kind of things are, kind <laughs> of you know, wild parties are going on? They're like, yeah, the room with two beds, that's probably where we need to have the mirrors and the DC magic DC in the 80s. <laughs> More of a seedy place. town, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of places in New York in the 80s, I've heard, was quite the yeah. uh, seedy area to be yeah. in. This is the time like Marion Barry was their <laughs> coke-using mayor. Oh, that's right. Didn't he get convicted, but then still get uh, reelected yeah, mayor? He did. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days. Mm-hmm. The, the, he's really eighties, yeah. so I mean, really, you know, yeah. flies. A guy I used to work with was from some small town in Georgia, and he was telling me they had a similar situation where their mayor was arrested for drugs and convicted or whatever, and then because of the statute, or whatever, now he was a felon, so they kicked him out of office. Um, but then um, his twin brother, who nobody had ever met before or heard of, even though he'd lived there in his entire life, ran for mayor and won. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And our parents weren't very creative, so they even named us the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Rod and Todd. Right. Yeah. I want to say it was Smyrna, Georgia, but I could be off on that part. <laughs> so Sophia exits and uh, Blanche enters, who, and she's very upset. Uh, a guy named uh, Floyd McCallum uh, had canceled a date with her only uh, one hour before he was supposed to be picking her up in his new Mercedes. Mm-hmm. I think she even said two-tone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Blanche is upset uh, by his very weak excuse that he's, you know, visiting his mom in the hospital. Right. How dare he? Yeah, it is ridiculous. I can't believe people would skip out on an engagement to visit a loved one in the hospital. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think even Dorothy assumes that you know, Blanche was saying that his mom is not in the hospital. Right, that it's a lie. And then Blanche reaffirms, no, no, he, she's in there, but she, he can <laughs> see her anytime. Not sure if Ski's the better man or just oblivious to your snark. <laughs> I would say the better man. Maybe both, honestly. Yeah. yeah. So. What did I miss? Oh, well, just that I was saying, you know, visiting a loved one in the hospital and, you know, our friend Brent has just right. been dealing with similar situations. <laughs> so, Very sadly true. 
Our hearts go out to my friend. <laughs> it's fine. You can <laughs> cut all that out. <laughs> yeah, it took a little bit of snark and turned it into a little depressing. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Sorry to you. Uh, here, I thought I was in charge of the ennui. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that you can leave in. <laughs> See, but now I can't leave it in if I don't leave the rest in. No too. context. You, you can leave it all in. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's all worth it for that payoff. <laughs> Tears of a clown. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Rose enters and uh, she arrives home and asks if her cousin Sven has arrived yet, uh, as she was a little bit late getting home. Uh, but she did stop to buy him a cake from, uh, uh, we find out, the Get It While It's Hot Erotic Bake Shop. Yeah. Which. She, it seems like as soon as you read the name of it that you would know. I mean, something's even, up. Yeah, even if you're someone who's a little bit, uh, you know, on the naive side. You would know. And then I would have to think that what they would have on display in the shop would give you some clues. Even if the one thing you saw you yeah. thought was something else. Yeah. Um, it seems like you would see other things. It would well, be more so obvious. If it was just good while it's hot bake shop, mm-hmm. that might be a little bit oh, sure. more you know, subtle. Yeah. But erotic bake shop. Yeah, I want you that erotic <laughs> in there. Yeah. Have either of you two ever been to an actual, because I've heard this is like a trope in a lot of different sitcoms over the years. Yeah. I don't think I've ever personally seen an actual erotic bake shop. Um, not seen one, but I think I saw like an erotic cake one time. Oh, have you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely buy it as like a more of a one-off thing, but it seems like maybe in a city like New York, maybe in Miami, Miami is pretty metropolitan city, but you'd have to have a pretty populated city to have enough clientele (laughs) that would be willing to utilize your shop uh, to make it financially viable. It doesn't seem like that's a place you'd go for all your party needs. Right. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You'd have just a very specific subset of parties that typically you'd have little Bobby's fifth birthday. We got to get a cake. Right. So like, like two things. Um, a friend of my wife's made cupcakes one time and posted a picture of them on the Facebook. Mm. And I swear to God, they look like the way she had decorated. They look like like twelve vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and she was so proud, and she did not see it at all. <laughs> but it definitely looked like twelve vaginas, and, <laughs> and one of them had seen some action. Um, but, but as far as like the erotic cake, like the box that she had. Looked like it held a regular, like, you know, eight or ten inch round cake. Right, yeah. You know, and if the cake was in the shape of Florida, like, there couldn't have been a lot of cake in there. I right. mean, if you're thinking it's only ten inches across and then six inches down, but then, like, a big gap there. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, it's not enough cake for five people. Right. I mean, I don't know. I guess you'd each have a slice, perhaps, but yeah. it wouldn't be much of a cake. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Counterpoint could mm-hmm. be a square cake. But just the decoration on top and icing was in the shape. So of they just drew. Is it really an exo- erotic bakery if it's just like a doodle of a dingle? On the top? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm with you guys. I've never seen an erotic cake shop. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I will say, I guess that would be the one way that it could fit both. Yeah, but yeah I agree. That'd be. I, I certainly wouldn't pay for an erotic cake unless it was in the shape like i would just be like oh yeah. you know print a picture of boobs on that cake yeah. and then you know <laughs> there you go hey i feel like it needs to be in the shape to really be worth going out of my way to the erotic bake shop to Agreed. get it so, walmart can put the boob picture on they so. can they can and somehow they'll find a way to have a typo in boob yeah. <laughs> is it really a typo and it's an icing though uh, fair enough. <laughs> a misspelling. Yeah, an <laughs> error. Will. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, as you guys point out, we never actually see the cake, but apparently Rose mistook the cake, uh, the shape for Florida. Yeah. So that was a good first. Let the line. imagination run wild, right? right yeah. Uh, after seeing the cake, uh, Blanche uh, comments that she needs to give uh, Charlie Melbourne a call. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy follows up by saying that if the cake reminds her of him, that uh, they both need to give him a call. Yeah. I thought that was just a little awkward because I don't know if it's like, oh, well, you know, we can work on this man together. Uh, or if it was like, it seems like it would be like, I would have preferred her to use the line, give me his number or something like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. As opposed to saying we both need to give him a call. <laughs> exactly. It just sounds a little more salacious than what Blanche has shown uh, exactly. a willingness to engage in. <laughs> so. Well, one than the other, maybe. Right, well. could be. She'll take some uh, seconds. <laughs> right. And if it's after Blanche, it will be sloppy <laughs> seconds. Um. Exactly. Well, you know, one of them can take Miami and the other can tickle the panhandle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You yeah. like that? <laughs> Plenty of ennui. <laughs> Brent knows his lane. <laughs> Uh, we found out that uh, little Sven will be staying with them for a few days uh, before ultimately going on to St. Olaf to meet his fiancée, who he's never you know, met before, uh, for a uh, arranged marriage, which was arranged by uh, his father, Big Sven. Mm. Go ahead. Lisa. I mean, I don't know if you're going to get into this, maybe because we're just on onto that story, but I thought it was odd that Big Sven would be little Sven's father and then Big Sven too would be <laughs> his grandfather, essentially. But wouldn't that be Big Sven, and then the next one would be Big Sven 2, or he'd be Little Sven, and then the new Sven would be Little Sven 2? Well, it sounds like the names were assigned once they came to St. Olaf. Mm, like, okay. Big Sven arrived first, and then when his father joined them, they mm. went ahead and just named him Big Sven 2. Okay, well, that's fair, I guess. So. And, of course, they use the, yeah, when I, I don't notice, or don't, let me start over. I don't mention this in the uh, synopsis, but there is the word play off of Big Sven 2 and Blanche's, well, isn't that confusing? Why are there two Big Svens? And Rose's like, no, no, he's Big Sven 2, as right. in Jaws 1 and Jaws 2. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I did enjoy that. But I think Brent's right about the uh, order. Once once Grandpa arrived, basically, he was the second Big Sven so you know he got the designation. Yeah, well that makes sense. That's that's a that's a good interpretation. So it's saying Olaf sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the grandpa should have been old Sven. I was thinking bigger Sven. Yeah, bigger Sven would have worked too. Um, but but we don't know his size. I mean, it may be that he was a smaller shrinking man. Yeah. You know, it depending on how elderly he was. Well, so. I mean, little Sven was a big dude. So do you think like big Sven was even bigger? Well. Well, I mean, but I would assume Big Sven was just because he was the older. But, yeah, I guess then if you're going by that that logic, if it's just based on age, then, yeah, Bigger Sven would have worked fine. Yeah. And then if they had a great-grandfather, would that be Biggest Sven? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, Big Sven had moved to St. Olaf a few years back and uh, had been slowly transferring his family over, including, like you said, his uh, father, Big Sven, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy is opposed to, she, you know, she kind of pipes up and says she's a, against arranged marriages, you know, saying that, you know, not being able to choose who you marry is not necessarily fair. But Blanche thinks that, you know, they can be fun, uh, as her and George's uh, marriage was that way. And then she kind of gives an example 
which we quickly learned, though, that uh, she has confused the words as uh, Dorothy says, no, no, arranged marriages, not deranged marriages. You know, I thought that was a it little did. funny wordplay, but it didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like Because I can't imagine, she's like, we had a deranged marriage, yeah. and that's <laughs> what it... If yeah. they could have had some other wordplay where she was... Because the way she was kind of going on, it sounded like they did role-playing or something like a, that. A small yeah. amount of kinky to it, but yeah. nothing that was crazy. Yeah, or, nothing that you would consider deranged. Yeah, deranged <laughs> um, seems like it would be like a lot of masochism, maybe. Or yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's a stronger word than what Blanche could have mistaken it for. Agreed. Um, but she went right along with it. Yeah. So she was like, oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, Anyway, the doorbell rings at this point, and Rose gets up and uh, opens it and uh, greets her cousin Sven. Kind of Rose kind of looks him up and down, uh, stating, "Oh my goodness, you've grown." Then Sven points out that they've never met, met before, uh, but she sticks to what she says. Well, you have grown. Right. I, I thought that was a nice Rose line. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy asks Rose to introduce uh, her and Blanche, and then uh, Rose jokingly uh, introduces Dorothy and Blanche to one another. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I that actually was, thought that was like a, a that was pretty one good of the most joke. Cleverest uh, Rose lines ever. Mm-hmm. She was very proud of that too. Yeah, she yeah. should have been. Uh, she has a good laugh at that, telling Sven that you know they always have jokes like that. Yeah, which they do have a fair amount of jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah some little inside jokes between yeah. them. Usually at their Rose's expense. Yeah, that's yeah. true. true. <laughs> or shut up, Rose, a lot. Yeah. yeah, a lot of elder abuse. Yes. Dorothy uh, and Blanche till uh, you know kind of introduce themselves to Sven, yeah. Sven at that point. Blanche says that they're, you know, heard about his upcoming wedding, and Sven kind of sheepishly tells him that, you know, he hopes he's good at married life, as he really doesn't have much experience with women. Blanche kind of flirtatiously you know, taps him on the on the chest, saying, "Get out of here, you know, big strong man like you." Mm-hmm. Uh, then, you know, to that, Sven promptly says, "It was nice to meet them all." Grabs his luggage and heads out the door. Yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah. Oh, get out of here, you know. Uh, Rose follows him, quick, you know, to explain the confusion that was just a. Uh, what she say? Expression. Yeah. Uh, Blanche comments, you know, after they're out of the building, that uh, perhaps Rose got the brains in that family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be, um, I don't know, it says a lot about the family, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we change scenes. Uh, we see uh, Dorothy is now sitting at the kitchen table uh, while Sophia comes in, uh, keys in hand, and tells her that she'll meet her outside and uh, is going to pull the car around. Dorothy stops her, though. And uh, reminds you that they discussed reviewing the full driver's manual uh, before going back behind the wheel. I thought that was, uh, I mean, it, it definitely seemed like a Dorothy thing to do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what a waste of time that would be as well. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like that once you have driven at one point in time, mm-hmm. you know the general rules. You're yeah. not going to forget. And what the does rules, yield mean? Yeah. And the things that you maybe don't remember the specifics of are rules you're probably not going to follow anyway. You're probably not going to apply the brakes when you're however many car lengths behind somebody yeah. or keep a specific amount of distance and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that'd be a waste of time. That seems like a stall tactic more than anything else. Yeah. Very possibly. But, but uh, you know, Sophia, you know, protests that, you know, there isn't much to review, really, like what you said. Uh, but Dorothy does quickly point out that she doesn't know everything. Mm-hmm. I think she uses the example of how far she's supposed to park from uh, a fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Sophia says to that, something like, what am I, a poodle or something? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rose and Savin enter through the uh, back door with uh, bags of groceries. And Dorothy asks, you know, what got them up so early? Rose explains that uh, since he'll only be in town for a short time, 
they wanted to have plenty of time to go uh, see the city together. Sven invites them to share breakfast, and Sophia asks, you know, what they're making. Sven gives uh, them the Scandinavian name, which I didn't bother to try and write yeah. down, and, and explains that ultimately it's oatmeal, usually prepared with a uh, cracker made of yak's intestines. Yeah. Mm. It was something prepared with that. I'd be like, uh, unlikely but possible. But then when you say it's a cracker of it, <laughs> then that's that's where I'm like, oh, okay, that's just completely made up ingredient. Well, I mean, haggis is boiled in a, a sheep's stomach, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's still not a cracker. Right. <laughs> so yeah, like, exactly. I mean, that's still a meat product that's used in some way, um, you know, in like a hopped type <laughs> food. But I don't know. Delish. Yeah. But, you know, Dorothy spouts out, of course, yak snacks. <laughs> Blanche comes in and uh, greets them all, uh, including calling Sven Swen. I hated that gag. That, that was one gag, and they carried out throughout the entire yeah. episode. She she doesn't ever correct herself. She yeah. keeps going with that. I don't know why, but that that just one like every time she said it, it kind of made me cringe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just did not like that particular gag. Yeah, Rose corrects her even, uh, but she doesn't seem to care. She asks Dorothy if she can borrow her white windbreaker as she'll apparently be going on a sailing trip with uh, Mr. Floyd. Uh, but we find out quickly that Floyd has again canceled her plans. Uh, Blanche does not take this very well and claims that she will not be speaking to him again. Pops right back into the kitchen running for the phone, thinking that, oh, he must have changed his mind. Right. Uh, but Rose answers, it is not Floyd, but is the uh, grief center asking her to come in and work that day, which I'm assuming she already had planned off. Yeah. Now Rose is worried that, you know, Sven won't get to sightsee. Uh, Sophia immediately pipes up, though, and tells Dorothy that, you know, the only place they're going to be seen is the empty parking lot behind the mall, so they can't take him around. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, just to go back slightly, but Rose needs to realize that grief doesn't take a day off, so. It's true. It's true, Al. <laughs> you, you have to cure grief, and then once <laughs> it's cured, then it's no longer there. So, you know, until she comes up with a cure for grief, she should really not plan to be taking full days off. Four days at all. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Does it sleep? No, that's true. <laughs> well, maybe you might sleep because when pe- the person sleeps and their grief is also sleeping. But other people are awake at those times. Yeah, well, you got to get all the grieving Nocturnal people sleeping. on the same okay. sleep schedule, <laughs> you know, to be fair. <laughs> so. uh, Rose says that, you know, she's already answers free and should take Sven around because it's a better option than, you know, staying home and kind of stewing in her rejection by, as she says, what's his name? Sven quickly pipes in with Floyd. Uh, Blanche agrees and takes him by the hand, again calling him Swin. Rose again corrects her, but Blanche uh, tells her that you know, he's hers now and she can call him whatever she wants uh, before exiting the kitchen. Uh, I noticed, though, that uh, no comment is made that they never actually prepare breakfast. Right. The main reason for going to get the groceries. Well, I mean, the only thing I can figure is that maybe Rose, they're like, you got to get in here now. And so I was like, okay, well, without Rose to help make this oatmeal, <laughs> then we better just go ahead and cut out because, you know, Rose is going to have to get into dealing with. Well, we don't know that uh, she leaves right then with Sven, but uh, yeah. it is made to seem that way. <laughs> We change the scene again. Uh, this time we fast forward to uh, Blanche and Sven eating lunch at uh, it looks like a nice restaurant. Mm-hmm. Sven asked to uh, pay for lunch as a uh, thanks for uh, what he called a great tour of the city, commenting that he uh, doesn't think his entire country has so many women's uh, shoe stores. Yeah. Uh, Blanche, <laughs> Blanche looks up and uh, notices, though, that uh, Mr. Floyd McCallum is at the uh, entryway with a young lady on his arm. Uh, she comments that you know he's ha- she's half his age. Sven then says, 
she's half your age. Yeah, that was one of my favorite lines of the episode. That might have <laughs> been number one for me. But Blanche scowls at uh, that statement, but uh, then demands that he hold her hand as if they were there together in a bit of romantic capacity to make uh, Floyd jealous. I think Floyd got the better end of the deal, so I'm not sure why he would be jealous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I agree. Yeah, he would have no good reason to be jealous comparing the two options. Uh, uh, if anything, it like alleviates his guilt. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would think too. Oh, good. Yeah, she's taken care exactly. of. No problem. Yeah. Well, and plus, he was the one who broke the date, so mm-hmm. it's not like you know, had Blanche been like, "Oh, well, I can't go either," mm-hmm. you know, to where it sounded like maybe he she planted the seed that she was also going to break the date. Yeah. Then he sees her with the younger guy. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, maybe that, that stirs it a little bit. Yeah. But given that, like you said, he was the one who broke the date, he's with a woman who's, you know, significantly younger and more attractive mm-hmm. than Blanche, yeah. even if she's with a guy who's similarly younger and more attractive than yeah. him. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that uh, she's barking up the wrong tree of trying mm-hmm. to use that to stir <laughs> jealousy. Well, as Floyd gets closer, she uh, grabs Ben and kisses him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Floyd stops to say hello and introduces the young lady, uh, Linda. Blanche, pretending only to half notice them while kind of stroking Sven's hair, asks, Oh, hello, Linda, honey. Is your daddy taking you out to lunch? Yeah, that was good. Floyd explains that Linda is just a friend. And we never really do find out if she's there on a date with him or. I mean, they certainly look chummier than just a couple friends. I mean, yeah, but I and mean, it seems like a nice restaurant for two old pals to go to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it could be because I don't know. I gave us a little extra thought afterwards. Uh, but maybe it could have been like daughter of a friend or something. Yeah, I suppose because me and my daughter's friends always go out to lunch together. So. Uh, well, she was in town visiting or something. She, I don't know. I don't know. That still would be pretty weird. <laughs> I can't imagine like, oh yeah, you know, when your friend Izzy's in town, well, I'm gonna take her out to lunch I, today. I would say this though, like if me and Nikki moved away to like Arizona mm-hmm. and Alexis came with us, if she came back into town, you might go out with her one time. That's unlikely. <laughs> well, it'd probably be you and her and, and well, in that case, kids. in that case, that's different. I, I would say, yes, we certainly would um, take Alexis out to lunch in a circumstance like that. But Alexis isn't Gwen's friend. She's true. She's <laughs> our goddaughter for one. And, you know, she's the daughter of our best friends, you know. So I would certainly take Check. Vanessa, you know, out to lunch as well if I knew her better. But unfortunately, <laughs> I haven't, you know, gotten the chance. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, I can't imagine though that it would be a real. I, I guess the situation certain, seems odd in this case. Like it's my just mom not, would go out to lunch with you. Like you've been, you're an integral part of our family. Um, so I would say that, in a, if that's how close he is with this girl, <laughs> then okay, I'll, I'll grant that it's a possibility. But it's still a long shot to say. The well, least. and it's never really. He, you think if that was the case, though, he probably would have announced her been as more such specific. Yeah, versus just a friend. Yeah, would your mom buy me lunch? Yeah, well, she certainly would, but I don't think she would seek you out to go to lunch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so she doesn't know you as well. I mean, obviously, Ski's been around since I was a, be honest, I don't think just she'd a boy. Seek me out to go to lunch either. Yeah, but I mean, she's heard me talk about the Golden Girls sixty-four times and counting. Yeah, she's probably heard more like eight times and counting, but <laughs> <laughs> but still counting, yeah. <laughs> nonetheless. Um, so, anyways. And I'm sure that uh, Numi would take you out to lunch if you ended up in Sweden. Oh, yeah. So, and I would imagine we have a few others uh, 
that uh, mm-hmm. you know have listened enough that if they had the chance, or at least to be taken out to lunch by you, they would sit with you through lunch. <laughs> so what you're saying is, if I find myself in Delaware, I have to buy my own meal. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, Delaware, Alaska, yeah. you know, Hawaii. You're pretty much <laughs> SOL. Yeah, but um, exactly. the other, the well, other I don't states. know. They could be huge fans of. Uh, Pick me anyway, or pick me instead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Perhaps that's where your real podcasting exactly. fame will come from. Yeah, all fifty states you know, in be, only two days. I would be totally okay with that because then, <laughs> like, I always think about you know my favorite podcast, Tell Them Steve Day. Uh-huh. You know, they have Q from Impractical Jokers, who mm-hmm. I'm sure has raised the profile. And when that show started, Impractical Jokers wasn't even a thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's a very popular show. I'm sure that it's certainly raise the listenership and profile for that. Yeah. So if you go on to big things, this show will reap some benefits <laughs> from it. <laughs> so don't let yeah. me dissuade you at all from yeah. taking on Big Me. <laughs> if you think it'll lead to bigger things yeah. down the road. Um, uh, just in the interest of full disclosure, I was not going to start another podcast. I know you weren't, but <laughs> <laughs> now you just totally ruined the joke with your... <laughs> I may have to cut that. <laughs> I just wanted to temper expectations. Oh, okay, yeah. You needed somebody to say some words, and it, I came up with those. In all honesty, we'll be lucky if you continue doing a podcast once we're done with this one, <laughs> much less start a second one, <laughs> a second concurrent one. But we'll see. You know, I, yeah. I have hope. But, uh, yeah, Floyd explains that Linda is just a friend, ambiguously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda kind of then just kind of walks onto, I'm assuming, her seat, while Blanche continues to uh, feign embarrassment, suggesting that, you know, if they'd walked up on him a few minutes before, her and Sven were even more intimate, uh, you know, early feeding each other, for instance. Right. I think it looks like she puts, like, some whipped cream in Sven's mouth yeah. on her finger, which, ugh. Yeah, it's an odd thing to mm-hmm. put food on your finger, and st- especially given that she's just trying to give the impression that they're together. That, to me, is far more intimate than kissing somebody. Yeah, you know? I love my wife, but I would still feed her with a spoon. <laughs> well, especially the gesture. She's like, I just made Sven suck a wiener. Yeah. <laughs> Getting mixed messages here. <laughs> well, maybe he'll get jealous for another reason. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. We might. What's his name? Uh, McCollum or whatever. Yeah. The, oh, Floyd. Yeah, Floyd. He may be a very metropolitan man, you know, so no judgment. Uh, Floyd tries to explain to her, you know, about uh, why he'd canceled the dates, but Blanche really dismisses him, uh, saying that, you know, she's forgot about it, you know, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Floyd then asks if he can call her later, and she says, you know, that's fine, but she might not be home, and that she's just got hungry for dessert. Uh, she then stands up and tells Savannah that they're going to his place. Confused, uh, Sven agrees, but says that, you know, he's never sailed around the Cape of Good Hope this time of year. All right. My favorite line of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Blanche then throws a napkin at him kind of as if to say shut up uh, before they uh, both get up and head out of the restaurant. Yeah, and no one's paid, by the way. So they, yeah. they dined and dashed because... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, plus, they just finished dessert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, because we know for sure, because he offered to pay, so uh-huh. no one had definitely paid up to that point. Yeah. Um, That's a good point, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe you pay up front, and it's, I don't know. Well, then what, pay her back is what he's offering to do then? No, I'm saying like maybe there's like a register by the door. Well, I know, but he and offered they, to pay for the meal. So if they paid up front, then Sven would be having to offer to pay Blanche back for the. No, no, I'm saying yeah. like after you eat, you go up to the. Oh, okay. I th- so you, maybe mean, they're, you mean at the front of the will, restaurant. Yeah, maybe okay. they will pass the <laughs> Sorry, I thought register. you meant up front as far as before you get your food, <laughs> like cafeteria style or whatever. Understood, uh, understood. But. 
that that wordplay again, Alan. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we're known for. <laughs> we're, we're ripe with it. Mm. <laughs> um, then back of the house, uh, we see Dorothy and Sophia uh, entering through the front door. Uh, Dorothy is, you know, angrily and firmly stating that she'll never get into a car with her mother again. I assume with her driving. All right. Uh, Sophia is confused as to why she's so upset, and Dorothy quickly points out that you know she violated several driving laws and nearly hit. Uh, Mrs. Belfine or Belfine? Mm. I yeah, Belfine, I think, yeah. Sophia protests, you know, she's already in a wheelchair. What else could what else could I do? <laughs> yeah, I really like that one. That, that was another contender for favorite line for me. Blanche enters and asks, you know, Dorothy why her lips, uh, lipstick is so smeared. Dorothy replies that, you know, she just kissed the driveway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, I don't know. I didn't see any smeared lipstick, but, you know. No, but still, it was a solid line. Uh, then Rose enters, and uh, Sophia asks if uh, she'd teach her how to drive. Rose agrees, suggesting that, you know, she could teach her how to drive, and Sophia could then teach her how to be a, quote, great Italian cook. Sophia loudly states, everybody's a comedian today, <laughs> and then stomps away. Well, in as much as Sophia stomps. Right, yeah. yeah. Shuffles away. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy uh, asks uh, Rose if everything's okay at the counseling center, and Rose explains that, you know, they had had a manic depressive overload but that uh, Dr. Ferguson was able to quell the issue with several new knock-knock jokes he'd uh, learned. Uh, Sven enters, and Rose tells him, you know, she wants to do something really Real, special. Oh, go ahead. Quick. Um, and then, like, Dorothy sort of, like, confused, like, knock-knock. Yeah. <laughs> Who's there? Yeah, yeah Rose <laughs> quickly. Really funny. And then they, she tells Rose to shut up again. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a Pavlovian. As she Who's does, there? yeah. <laughs> My youngest, who's six, um, the best joke that she tells is uh, a knock knock joke and like she told it perfectly for about two years and now she kind of hams it up a little bit oh, so okay. it's not quite as funny um, just because she's used to the laugh and she's working too hard on it but it goes um so knock knock who's there smell mop smell my poo i don't want to smell your poo <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i knew that like I've heard variations of yeah. the jokes, so yeah. I knew that what I was walking into once yeah. you did it, but it's a great kid joke. Yeah. And kids love the joke, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, yeah, but she, like, like when she first saw she's like, I don't want to smell your poo. <laughs> now she gets too into it. No, so now it's like more of a performance art. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> she has no faith in the material. <laughs> you got to have faith in the material. Exactly. You, you can only carry a joke so far with your, you know, <laughs> over-the-top antics. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I, I always feel bad, you know, because, like, I know that Joey, he says a lot of things that are funny, yeah. but I'm not the type who is great at reacting. Yeah. You know, like, I definitely will give him a smile and a chuckle or yeah. whatever. Uh, but occasionally, you know, he's at the age where some of his, stu- his shtick is a bit over-the-top. Yeah. And... It's like, I know you're trying hard, and uh-huh. I want to be supportive, but yeah. I don't want to put you in the wrong direction by <laughs> yeah. giving you too much support for <laughs> this, you know, schlocky material. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, I try to tell him, like, you know, some of the stuff you and your friends might think are funny, it, it's, you just think it's funny because the person saying it is more confident, or at yeah. least they seem more confident because they're louder. Yeah. Loud does not equal funnier. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. it, it can be in a certain circumstance, but yeah. in general, 
the loudest person in the room. Probably not the funniest person <laughs> in the room. Probably not even close. Yeah. <laughs> so Gilbert Godfrey would have an issue with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying there's no exceptions to the rule, <laughs> but I also wouldn't say that Gilbert Godfrey is usually the funniest man in the room either. That's probably <laughs> true. <laughs> so, I, I enjoy his comedy just fine, but um, he certainly wouldn't be cracking my top ten. Of Iago forever. Yeah. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's your favorite Disney character just because of your no. love of Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> I hope that you get an Iago tattoo and that's your first tattoo. <laughs> right on my face. Yeah. Well, not on your face, but like on your chest or your forearm. And I hope you have Iago forever tattooed underneath us. From a distance, it looks like a tear, but when you get up close, you're like, yeah, it's it's Iago. Tiny Iago. <laughs> well, that would be an intricate tattoo. Uh, it would probably look really cool for about, a, you know, uh-huh. a few years and then yeah, eventually it would just look like a little away, blob. Yeah, exactly. He would think that he had like killed like, somebody and that was his prison tattoo. <laughs> like, oh, you should get that looked at. That could be cancerous. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, oh no, that's intentional. Exactly. <laughs> so, you see the tiny beak? Yeah. And then raise some sort of little hand symbol and says Iago forever. Or to cover a bird seed out for his fallen homie. Right. <laughs> that he has in his pocket at all times. <laughs> Just a pocket full of bird seed. I've been through hundreds of pounds of bird seed over the years. Yeah, Iago has a lot of fallen homies. What can he say? <laughs> so... So Man. much money. It's really quite a waste. <laughs> right. <laughs> the birds would disagree. That's yeah. true. But it doesn't mean I'm uh, pouring the, the seed in outdoors. <laughs> well, uh, so a lot of it made to be getting swept up in this paper <laughs> later in the day <laughs> and thrown into the garbage. <laughs> like, I might try to throw it towards the put door. It back in his pocket. Oh. Like, <laughs> sweep it up and pour it back so in. So he it. just has this one bag that's <laughs> lint filled. <laughs> Carpet fibers and everything else in it. <laughs> try to serve it to a burn and just kind of look, looks at it like, right. nah, yeah. thanks anyway. Thanks one peck and flies off <laughs> or chokes to death like. right well then the, then the next pour out could be for him because <laughs> the next pour out of a seed could be for that fallen homie that's right that's right um where were we oh uh, yeah uh knock knock jokes right yeah who's there Sven, oh i do have one other sidebar oh sure do you want to hear a funnier story about a not as funny joke Okay. Is that a knock-knock joke? It isn't. (laughs) Well, then I'm wondering, is the story funnier than what we just heard in the episode, or are you trying to top Brent? No, 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 not funnier than him. Oh, okay. Funnier than the joke itself. I thought you were like, you know that that story he just told about his daughter? I got a funnier story. I'll top that son of a bitch. No, no, I'm not trying to top anybody other than perhaps myself here. (laughs) So when I was little, like pretty little, Like uh, maybe five or, or less. <laughs> I told my dad a joke. Uh, why did the uh, turtle cross the road? Mm-hmm. Have you heard that one? I don't think so. Yeah. To, no. to get to the Shell station. Oh, okay. Well, my dad heard that. I told it to my dad. And he laughed. And he thought it was great mm-hmm. that I had made it up. Uh-huh. And I don't know. I guess I convinced myself that I had as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I didn't, though, because years later I heard it again uh. from like a joke book. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, I probably read it in this joke book. <laughs> but did you just <laughs> or, pass it off? You stole the material? Yes. Uh-huh. But for the longest time, <laughs> my dad was bragging that I came up with this clever <laughs> joke as his kid. And uh, no, I don't think I did. <laughs> I think I was just a thief. So the thing your dad was most proud of about most you was proud a of, yes. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing he ever told me good job about actually <laughs> yeah, all the way up until the very end 
that was the thing that you know, he was like, yeah, see, he's a good enough guy. But, you know, this joke he told me uh-huh. when he was five, only five years old, would you believe it? <laughs> Later on in life, he would say things like, you know, I thought you were going to be a comedian, but yeah. you yeah. proved me wrong. Like, I, I love your daughter and all, but it's just not the direction I thought your life would go. Where <laughs> he's like, you really peaked early. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's it's a long it's a long way downhill if you start that <laughs> that trip when you're five. That's right, right. You have nowhere to go but down. Right. <laughs> I like to think that you spent you know the next you know however many years just milking it. Like every time you guys drive past a shell station, <laughs> you're like, "Hey, Dad, I wonder if there's a turtle in there." Yeah. And your dad just doubles over laughing again. <laughs> exactly. Text his friends about your brilliance. <laughs> I wonder how much my dad ever texted. No, probably not much. He, he di- oh, uh, so his like death anniversary, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, side, this is a sad side story, but like I had a, a bunch of dreams the other night about him, mm. and I woke up the next morning mm-hmm. and had the re- weird realization mm-hmm. that it had been ten years to the day that he passed. Wow. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not someone who. You know, is in with ghosts and things like that, but mm-hmm. you know, I have no idea um, exactly what happens to us. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, our essence in the next life or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think there is a little something to. Well, it's not like something I'd been thinking about, right? It or just... like because it's <laughs> not even really a, mem- a memory. I try to. Oh, yep. Yeah. It's, it's uh, March fifth. I better <laughs> <laughs> talk about that. But it just it's like Donna was like, "That's weird. I had a bunch of dreams about him." I was like. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that is. That oh is my goodness! Pretty you interesting. Know? Yeah. Um, this what? Thirty days in August. Thirty-one. Thirty-one in August. Thirty-one yeah. in August. Okay. Um, so I met uh, this lady the other day, and she was with child, and she mentioned, you know, her baby was born and was gonna be was due in August, and I know two days in August that something happened. So I had a, you know, a one in 15 and a half chance right. <laughs> that it was going to be on one of those two days. And I was like, oh, uh, which day in August? And she's like, the 16th. And that was one of the two days. Oh, really? So I was able to tell her that, you know, her baby was going to be born on the anniversary of Elvis Presley's death. <laughs> <laughs> and she did not find that nearly as interesting as I did. <laughs> I think oh. it's great that we get to share the story because, like, yeah. right. the odds were really against that, but you pulled it off. Yeah, you know, a lot of days of birth and a lot of days of death. So, <laughs> so what was the other August date that she could have been co- coincided with? Uh, my dad's birthday. Oh, okay. Yeah. That would have been a little happier of a story. Yeah. <laughs> but but less famous. Yeah, so. exactly. I mean, your dad's birth is less of national significance than uh, Elvis's death. Yeah. But certainly more personal significance. Correct. And, and a lot happier of a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of a exactly. date. Exactly. So. Unless you really hated Elvis. <laughs> and who really hates Elvis? He's a yeah. Costello, not a Presley. <laughs> no, but I still, I still worship at the altar of Presley. <laughs> Well, I know Sherry really enjoys your story about yeah. the, your your book <laughs> that she, she read at summer camp about Priscilla that. Presley. So yeah, she mentioned that uh, last time I saw her that she had just heard that episode. Yeah, it was a good story. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And you know the thing I like about the story too, it's really good, but it also shows that you're not afraid <laughs> to <laughs> mention stories that a lot of people might find embarrassing. Yeah, um, but yeah. you're like, no, I'm owning that. Oh, so, no. you know, I like that. I, I own my sadness. <laughs> Not sadness, but just 
ridiculous like what's the ridiculousness yeah. or your absurdity yeah um yeah or just eccentricity <laughs> what'd you say well there's the pain. pain there's the pain of getting harassed my awkwardness awkwardness there you go yeah okay that's good i'm yeah. glad that's not pain i hope it's yeah. not pain <laughs> I, i'm sure i'm a little awkward yeah and sometimes that can be painful but yeah. i hope that that's not what you associate as your <laughs> you know defining quality yeah, <laughs> yeah. so Anyways, so like Brent equals awkward equals pain. <laughs> yeah, so sorry, Ski, you can go ahead back with uh, where we were in that story. Oh, we were talking about knock knock. Oh, yeah, that's right. We just got yeah, past the that. Shell station. Uh, Sven, enters, <laughs> Sven enters, and uh, Rose tells him that she wants to do something really special with him that night uh, to honor his upcoming wedding. Uh, Sven then uh, informs her that you know, there will no longer be a wedding because you know he has fallen in love. With Blanche, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he looks over at her with like a weird, goofy smile as the girls are all kind of like sitting back in shock, mm-hmm. uh, mouth agape. Right. If I may. We have a scene change, but it's really probably just a commercial break because mm-hmm. we're the same spot. Blanche protests that you know he can't be in love with her. Uh, Sven says that you know he knows it's sudden, but he can feel it in his heart. Meanwhile, Rose gets up and is very worried that uh, Big Sven is going to be furious. At her for allowing him to fall in love with uh, or the first floozy that, uh, quote, turns his head. Yeah. Imagine how mad you would be. I mean, because if you were in that kind of a society where arranged marriages were a thing, I'm sure there's a lot of lead up to that. I doubt that an arranged marriage mm-hmm. is something that it's just like, oh, I make a snap decision on the woman that you're going <laughs> to marry or man that you're going to marry. Yeah. There's probably so, a, a financial thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, more well. likely. Um, so, yeah, I, I could imagine, especially if you're like, so... You're not going to take this arranged marriage regardless of, you know, any of the details about the person you're supposed <laughs> to get married to. And in, instead, you're going to marry this woman who is in her 50s at least <laughs> and who is, you know, well past childbearing years and all that. So you're also going to end our family line <laughs> with this decision. But uh, at the very least, though, we still think Blanche probably has some money tucked away from the olden days. <laughs> so maybe there's a little bit of money to be had. But uh, Dorothy asks if there's anything that happened between them that they should know about. And uh, Sven tells the group that, you know, well, she kissed me and uh, stroked my hair and fed me, Mm -hmm. right, as she did at the restaurant. Upset, uh, Rose storms uh, into the kitchen. uh, Blanche follows behind her, though, trying to attempt to add a little bit of context to uh, what he just told him. She explains that she did act like uh, Sven was with her to make Floyd jealous. Uh, assuming that Sven knew the difference. Uh, Rose worries that Sven will be heartbroken uh, when Blanche explains this. Uh, but Blanche points out, uh, on the bright side, you know, he did get to kiss me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, then I think uh, Sophia gives a nice line there. Big deal. Dorothy. More, oh, Dorothy, Dorothy is the one who says it. Okay, big deal. More people get to kiss you than the Pope's ring. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good line, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I think that the people who get to kiss the Pope's ring you'd have to be really devout to want to do that, I would think, in general. Um, so that would be a probably much bigger deal to that person <laughs> than it so, would yeah. be for the person who gets to kiss Blanche in general. Mm. So. I've never met a devout eight-year-old boy. <laughs> 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 or do more people get a kiss the poop string than that? I don't think any... I, I don't know... Uh, <laughs> <with there. laughs> a little clergy molestation here. <laughs> I think the Pope is pretty clean, um, but... Yeah, the church certainly has its uh, 
Yeah, but I mean, before he was the Pope, he was just another run-of-the-mill <laughs> pedophile priest. <laughs> I have a lot to cut. <laughs> <laughs> so go on, Ski. There's a huge uh, portion of the world that's agreeing with you right now. There is. Have you guys heard the QAnon stuff about... Uh, Good, no, thank you. I'll, I'll just leave that. <laughs> I mean, Brent does have a lot of downtime in the day that he surfs the web. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. I've made it this far without hearing all that. I mean, I, I know the I know the key bullet points that are on the news and stuff. I don't need to know. Any well, there's a there's a even more seedy underbelly to the the theories than uh, than what I think the news talks about most of the time, mm, like dark web stuff. I would think so, actually. Uh, I'm good, then. I'll, I'll share some stories after our uh, podcast, if you want to hear. I don't no. even go to page two of Google results. Good call. <laughs> you want to hear that stuff? That's, I don't. It's, it's probably not worth your time. Exactly. I mean, I always assume that's where the dark web started. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, number three? Right, yeah. For the Google. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get you... to the third one, it's, it turns like Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> He like starts talking about you know ba- baby hearts for sale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anything you need to find that uh, would be too, you know, uncouth <laughs> for. <laughs> Did you mean satanic ritual? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Rose insists that uh, Blanche is, uh, should go into the other room and uh, set Sven straight. Uh, Blanche says that she would, but she's only good at turning men on, never having been good at turning them back off. She suggested Dorothy do it, uh, but Dorothy sarcastically points out that you know they don't. They only want to turn him off. They don't want to drain him of all of his sex drive. Mm-hmm. Blanche tells a story about when she was a head cheerleader dating the Blanche no longer date Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought, thought it was very cheery. Yeah, when I heard the name of the of the quarterback that she had to dump. I thought immediately of Ski's upcoming grandchild. <laughs> so the, the name of this quarterback is Caldwell Honeycutt. And I always get a little confused, but I'm pretty sure Ski's upcoming grandchild is uh, something like Thurston Ravenclaw, uh, something like that. But it's a, a very, uh, I don't know, uh, preppy-sounding name to me. Camden. Camden, okay. That's what they've chosen, yeah. Yeah, but, but isn't the boyfriend's... Uh, the father's last name. I think it's Holdcroft. Yeah, so Camden, Camden Hold. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he sound like he should be an heir to something? Yeah. <laughs> Buffy, bring it on. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a very. Where did the Holdcroft money come from? <laughs> I don't know that there's a lot of it. <laughs> like, what's what's the boy do? Um, he's he works for UPS, I believe. Okay. Thanks. And he's in the National Guard also. Yeah. Nice. And and isn't he a semi-pro? Uh, some sort of a football player, football no. player, yeah, or at least working in that direction. So I don't know if he'll <laughs> hear this at all point. I don't want to like disparage what he's doing. Uh, Semi pro in this case, he it's it's more like uh, a really high end like intramural intramural team. Like he okay. pays for his own equipment and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a paid okay. thing. So mm-hmm. it's not like I don't I don't believe it's like a step into the pros or anything like oh, that. Okay. Although I don't know, maybe they do. Does, he, from, ask, uh, say does he ask you to subsidize his equipment or fees no, or anything? No, no, he is not. I okay. don't know that I could at this point. <laughs> we've been, we've been running a little bit. And <laughs> cribs and <laughs> we've been running real thin lately here. So, but uh, yeah, he does. He does quite a bit, you know, cool. in his spare time. 
I'm glad he has interests other than impregnating your daughter. <laughs> I wish he had more emphasis on those interests. Thanks, Brent. <laughs> that was the meanest thing Brent's ever said on this podcast. You can cut that. Oh, no. Death's definitely staying in. <laughs> I apologize. If it's you... quite all right. I've had several months to come to terms. <laughs> Yeah, but that still doesn't mean Brent needs to pour that whole bucket of salt on the wound. <laughs> Something got in your eyeballs and everything else. <laughs> um, Rose continues that Blanche should you know let him down soon because you know drawing it out any longer will only make it a little more uh, painful and difficult. Mm-hmm. Although it's been like a part of a day. Yeah. So, I mean, exactly. I don't know that, you know, if she waits 20 more minutes, this is going to be that much harder. Uh, right. Yeah. But uh, Dorothy also shares that uh, a common story uh, about uh, kind of related mm-hmm. to what they've been saying about a slob that she was dating that was very rude to her family uh, growing up, including uh, he would belch entire songs, mm-hmm. kind of burst into the house, take the yeah. food, and was, I think, generally rude to his, her parents, right? Right. She yeah. kind of makes it sound that way. So Oafish at the very least. Say what? Oafish at the very yes, least. Yes, yes. Um, I think she even uh, says that Sophia, you know, basically told her, you got to dump this dude. It's not good. And she agreed. She made plans to uh, meet him, though, at a coffee shop to basically end the relationship. She uh, arrived a little bit early, though, and uh, caught him making out with a waitress. Mm-hmm. So uh, she still couldn't bring herself to uh, break it off with him, though. And it turns out that guy was Stan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to thinking about that. It, you may be about oh. to give this line. I'll, I'll give this one line I enjoy, but she did say, and, and with a surprising amount of pride in her voice, um, <laughs> that to this day, he can belch out the chorus to Sweet Georgia Brown on one Dr. Pepper. Yeah, that was my next line, but yeah. you did it better. <laughs> but that, like that. Yeah, that was a good line, but I thought, you know, we've seen the way that uh, Blanche and, uh, so not Blanche, excuse me, but Dorothy and Sophia interact with each other. And Sophia, she certainly has her good qualities, but she takes every opportunity to tear Dorothy down. And it makes you wonder, like, I think that she has a lot to do with why Dorothy ended up with the shithead like Stan. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that her self-esteem was probably pretty low after having Sophia for a mom for all those years. Well, Sophia's done uh, nothing short of keeping her down in the dumps. Oh, yeah, definitely not. I mean, she's if this is any indication how she was to her when she was a younger person, you know, or a... You know, growing up and a teenager, and it's no wonder she ended up running to some lecherous. Uh, right. <laughs> well, and we've seen uh, flashbacks of Dorothy when she was younger. I thought she was actually quite pretty. Yeah, yeah, certainly. So. Yeah. Yeah, but we haven't seen flashbacks of Stan when he's younger, so maybe he was quite the catches himself. Maybe, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he definitely had. And he a, is taller, and she's a tall woman, so. He had no problem uh, getting other ladies. Yeah, that's, then that's and true. Since. Yeah, even as an older far less assumably attractive man <laughs> he's still doing pretty well with the ladies don't underestimate the drawing power of a corvette <laughs> that's true <laughs> <laughs> it's a chick magnet i hear exactly <laughs> more more on that later right mm-hmm. yeah next week anyway mm-hmm. uh same Blan- bet time same bet station <laughs> <laughs> uh blanche exits to go talk to Sven to swin and uh <laughs> let him down easy Rose says that uh, in the old country, when a woman dumps a man, he was allowed to shave her head and make her wear an itchy hat. Yeah, what kind of uh, weird, <laughs> like, misogynistic country is she saying she came from? I mean, that's 
that's not too far off from some really bad places to live for women. Um, if that is what would be acceptable in, in well, the Dor- oldest country. Dorothy even comments that she believes they have the same penalty in Pakistan for jaywalkers. Yeah. So. Yeah, unfortunately, maybe more like the same penalty in Pakistan for the same offense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe worse, but we uh, jump into Blanche is uh, now entering a bedroom where Sven is sitting on the bed. Sven is kind of lamenting, you know, that he overreacted after only one kiss from Blanche. Uh, he considered that he might uh, be nervous about getting married, that he's not used to being around pretty women, or that he's, you know, generally just inexperienced. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, you know, Blanche is agreeing, yeah, it's probably those things. But then he says, no, it's not those things, uh, and that he genuine, genuinely likes her. Uh, she tells him that, you know, he barely knows her, but he uh, starts firing in a barrage of compliments saying that he knows her enough. Blanche tells him that there, you know, may be something about the interaction from yesterday that uh, he didn't understand, and understand but uh, Sven immediately reveals that he completely understood that she was trying to make Floyd jealous and that he actually deserved it for blowing her off. He then tells her that, you know, she's not like most women uh, who would be insulted or threatened in that way. Although, I think she kind of was. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, so, I mean, he's, uh, he's giving her a compliment, but... Uh, yeah, she's very insecure. Yeah. yeah. So, but he adds that, you know, maybe she's ready for a man who wouldn't treat her poorly, a man like him, yeah. you know? He continues that he may not know her very well, but he's just asking for a chance. Uh, she says she'll think about it. And uh, exits the room, shooting back a kind of slightly concerned half-smile, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, we change scene again. Uh, Dorothy is again in, uh, reading a paper on the couch when Sophia enters and says, Read it and weep, holding up a driver's license at her face. Dorothy asks you know, how she got it, and Sophia tells her, Hard work and determination. <laughs> uh, Dorothy forbids her mother from driving, but Sophia scoffs at her uh, show of authority. Uh, then she reminds her that you know the license is really more of a prop a sign of her independence, uh, rather than actually wanting to, dr- to drive. Uh, she then asked Dorothy for $50 to pay off the guy who made the forgery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now, okay, I didn't like the next part, because then Dorothy takes the driver's license from her and rips it up. Yeah. And I thought, if you're if she just wants it so that she can feel good around her friends and still feel Isn't like she has drive, it. drive, yeah. Yeah. Dorothy kind of wins in that case. Right. And so it, it's a win-win for everybody. She gets I'm the driver. I'm guessing she still had to pay the 50 bucks, too. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now she has nothing to show for it except for a debt of $50. So that Dorothy is probably not going to be happy about paying, but it's probably going to get stuck with. So. I'm guessing you're right. Either that or the forgery guy is going to pay him a visit. Right, and there'll be some broken thumbs. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Dorothy you know, grabs uh, the license and tears it up. Rose walks in the, with a frown on her face, uh, telling them that she didn't sleep at all last night, worried uh, about Blanche and Sven. Uh, she'd have been apparently called Big Sven that morning on uh, pretty early because he gets up with the cows. She knows this because he sleeps with the cows. <laughs> right. As she feared, he was furious and told her, you know, don't do anything. I'll fix it all. Uh, Blanche walks in with a cheery uh, kind of greeting. Rose points out that, you know, she's not in quite as good of a mood, though. Blanche insists that, you know, she feels bad, too. And she can't stay mad at her. But Rose calls her out saying that, you know, she doesn't have an angry Viking yelling Scandinavian swear words at her over the phone. <laughs> Blanche tells her that uh, Sven is just sensitive and she needs to find the right time and place to let him down without hurting him. Just then, Sven enters the room, <clears throat> excuse me, telling them all good morning. Uh, the doorbell rings, and Rose goes to answer it. A pretty young blonde enters, 
and Sven just says, wow. <laughs> uh, it turns out it's Olga, Sven's intended wife. Um, she approaches Sven and uh, introduces herself, uh, telling him that you know his father had sent her, and she's not leaving without him. Sven continues to look at her and simply say, wow, <laughs> kind of uh, mouth wide open. Seeing how obviously enamored he is with the girl, Dorothy suggests a glance that, you know, maybe now is the time to break things off. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. now might be a good time to let him down softly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sven then uh, turns to Blanche almost on cue and says that you know, he's been thinking and believes that, you know, he could never really make her happy. <laughs> Sophia says, if you can't please her, good luck with uh, lean, mean Swedish machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche says, you know, she understands and that he should go with her. Uh, he hugs Rose on the way out. Rose tells him that, you know, they'll send him his clothes and that she, he should just go with Olga now, which he couldn't have that much, right? He right. walked in with one suitcase. Yeah, unless there's something where it's like, hey, I've got a ticket for a plane that's leaving in an hour. we got to go right now. Then, yeah, why wouldn't he be able to take the five minutes to go and throw his stuff yeah. back in a suitcase couldn't to go? Couldn't have been that much, I don't think. Right, but... But uh, anyway, he leaves. Uh, he hollers his final goodbyes as Rose closes the door behind him. Uh, she turns around to the girls with a big smile, saying how wonderful that ended up. But uh, Blanche is not as happy, saying that you know she just uh, got quote unquote dropped. Dorothy points out that you know she had no real interest in Sven, but Blanche admits that it still hurts because in the last two days she had been rejected by two uh, men for a younger woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy uh, and Rose insist that you know she'll be fine, and Rose then says that she simply has to woo men with other traits like intelligence and charm. Blanche angrily uh, kind of spouts back though that she's too too old to r- learn those methods, and that she's over the hill, quote in the same boat as the two of them. Uh, then the phone rings, and she picks it up. Uh, her frown kind of turns into a bit of a smile with a bit of a chuckle. She hangs up and tells the girls that uh, that was Floyd, and uh, he wants to take her sailing again. Mm -hmm. Well, again, he wants to. He asked her again. Uh, She adds that uh, Dorothy and Rose are in the same boat uh, by themselves, and she's in a yacht. Yeah, yeah, I like that line. I guess you two are in the same boat. I'm in the yacht. Um, And then Rose goes on. uh, What's the boat she keeps talking about? Yeah, (laughs) and Dorothy uh, just simply responds not to worry about that she missed it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a nice closing line for the episode. And that's yeah. it, yeah. So, so who was, uh, well, let's see. We had three guest stars that were credited in that episode. Um, Chuck Walling played Floyd. Uh, 14 titles to his name, nothing of real significance. And Yvette Hayden played Olga. Seven titles to her name, and again, nothing of any real acclaim. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, uh, Sven Lindstrom was played by Casey Sander. Mm-hmm. 140 titles for him, his name, uh, some 112 episodes of Grace Under Fire would probably mm-hmm. be his best-known work. He did have one em- episode of Empty Nest as Officer Bob, Oops. I noticed. Yeah. No other Golden Girls Tie episodes. A <laughs> couple episodes of Agent Carter for you Marvel fans out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, six episodes of The Big Bang Theory. That would probably mm-hmm. be his recent thing that he's definitely best known for. Yeah. And that's as uh, Bernadette's dad, Mike um, Rostenkowski. So yeah. I thought he was a solid guest star overall. Yeah, episode. I agree. Agree. So I think we've uh, covered favorite lines. Uh, who got the MVP? Well, what was your favorite line, Brent? I don't remember. Um, I mean, I like the Dr. Pepper. I like the Rose Who's There bit. Um, I like the, what was the joke right up front? It was 
The one where she introduces Blanche and yeah, Rose yeah. to each other. Yeah, I really oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. I thought that was one of my favorites, too. So, who was your MVP, Ski? Uh, mine was actually Sven. I usually don't go with guest stars, I don't think. I guess, I don't know. I'd have to look back at my record, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. I thought uh, he was uh, a little simple, but he turned out to have a really uh, good sense of human behavior. A little smarter than people gave him credit for. And he was a good actor. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he was a very stereotypical uh you know, portrayal of the character, you know, and especially being a portrayal of what I guess you'd expect Rose's relative to be. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed Spin, but I gave it to Rose. I mean, I think she had my best couple moments in the episode um, and was just solid overall throughout, in my opinion. How about you, Brent? Oh, Spin as well. So yeah. two Spins and a Rose. So yeah. it's all in the family, at least all in the Lindstrom <laughs> yeah, line. Exactly. So uh, how many slices of cheesecake did it get for you, Ski? I gave it six. I thought it had uh, only a few standout scenes, really, but pretty a solid overall performance. And I like the fact that it uh, gave pretty decent exposure to all the characters. Okay, fair I enough. thought everybody had uh, a few minutes to shine there. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was nice that it's kind of nice when the B story, which in this case would have been the driver's license, yeah. features the characters that aren't as heavily figured in the A story, and this and the, and those characters also, you know, had some nice moments in the A story as well. Yeah, they so. had a good overlap. I thought. How about you, Brent? How many um, slices? Five and a half. I thought it was really, really good. Um, yeah, for all the reasons that Ski said. Yeah. Yeah, I would go with five and a half also. Um, I didn't think it quite, definitely better than average and above average episode yeah, for yeah. sure. Not quite up in the stratosphere of, you know, one of the best, but yeah. certainly, um, you know, so in the top. Solid double at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, good episode overall. Not going to be competing at the end, but uh, well worth a watch um, if you haven't seen it by any chance. And if you haven't seen it, what the hell is wrong with you? It's a great show. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> but if you haven't seen it, at least now you know a very detailed uh, account of what happened during. Well, it. Check out Sven. Yeah. Hi, you know? <laughs> yeah. <Right>. Marks. <laughs> yeah. Imagine Bernadette's uh, dad much younger, and you'll have uh, a pretty good idea with hair. More yeah. Swedish. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Just old country. Yeah. <laughs> they never. They never give him a nationality. That's true. Well, they, yeah. They just say blanket Scandinavian. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Viking. Yeah. So, with that, uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.